Okay, I don't know about you, but I've had it up to my armpits with this whole screw the nine to five mentality. Believe it or not, some of us really love our day jobs and don't wish to screw them. And yet we've got an additional calling, maybe a hobby or a need for supplemental income that's just purring to us, make me a side hustle. And that's where I come in. I'm Chris McPeak, your host for this life quest to do the work we were meant to do and run a small business. If you're looking to maximize your time so you can run the side hustle of your dreams, then you are absolutely in the right place. This is the Got Side Hustle Show. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of Got Side Hustle. My name's Chris McPeak. I'm your host. And today we're talking to my new friend, Cody Berman of the Fi Show, and that is financial independence. Cody, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am looking forward to this. Cool. So we were chatting previously and you don't just coach side hustlers. You are a side hustler yourself. So let's talk a little bit about what's your day job and then where the side hustle come from and, and how did that all come to be for you? Yeah. So I've been a long time side hustler. And like you said, now I'm kind of at the point where I've been side hustling for a while. I was you know, able to quit my past day job. Now I have a new day job, but okay. I was able to quit <laughs> my past day job because of side hustling. And now cool. my day job is actually running this company called Gold City Ventures, where we help other people get on their feet with various side hustles, most predominantly being selling digital products online. Okay. And in terms of side hustles I've tried, it has been everything under the sun, Chris. So, you know, one of my favorite ones is the kind of passive incoming side hustle that I definitely want to talk about today, which is yes. selling digital products online. It's a lot. I've, I've also sold physical products online. I've also done Uber Eats on a bicycle. I've bought <laughs> boats. I've done like literally every side hustle. I've tried it. I am just a side hustle fanatic. So, okay. So then you're very familiar with the, well, I guess maybe not very familiar. I, I have a theory, a, a concept of here's the four types of side hustles that exist. So I think you have your gig economy, which you said Uber eats, like those are the types of things I think about there. Then you've got folks that do affiliate marketing or affiliate income where they're going to share a product that they love with their friends. And then they get a piece of the action then there is the content creator, the creator concept, whether you are creating digital products like you were talking about, or people that like are expert knitters and they design things and they make bank on Etsy stores. Like anybody that could sew anything made a killing when COVID started, right? Because now people need masks and they want masks that are cute and that are fun and that suit their personality. So that's the creator uh, line. And then you have your service provider, which is somebody who's going to coach or teach or do massage or all of those things. So I don't, I would love to know if you think there are other types of side hustles that fit into that mix, or if that's kind of like, does that seem like the right playing field of options that people have? I like the landscape you just laid out. What I'd like to do is kind of synthesize a couple of them because I Let's think oftentimes it. people put those in specific buckets. Like they'll say, okay, yeah. this is a service-based side hustle. This is a you know, content-based side hustle. This might be an affiliate thing. But a lot of times, like if you're looking to scale your side hustle, and I know your show specifically focuses on side hustles that you're doing alongside your day job, but that doesn't right. mean it can't scale. It doesn't yeah. mean you're, you only have to do it like an hour or a couple hours a week. So what I've seen a lot of people do is they'll get the skills doing usually a service-based side hustle. So this could be driving for Uber. It could be walking dogs, it could be freelance writing. It could be doing anything, building websites, getting the skill set, and then starting to hire people under you 
and building a team and then you're taking the margin basically so you're you're at kind of at the ceo role after you've right. kind of, you've done the initial legwork you're, you're now you're at the ceo role you start, start hiring people under you teaching them your ways you're mm-hmm. charging you know the client a little bit more than the people that are doing the work are getting paid because so because you're managing them you know you are doing yeah. some of that work and you know so then you could go from being a dog walker on Rover to now owning a dog walking business where you have 10 people working under you, or you could right. go from being a freelance writer to owning a freelance writing business where now you have, you know, five freelance writers writing under you. So I kind of love the hybrid model where you're bringing together some of these yeah. different buckets that you're talking about. I love that. So if you are that person, how, so you, I mean, it's scaling, just like you said. So what's the first step? to successfully start scaling your side hustle business? So for all you side hustlers out there, we usually have this standard operating procedures, SOPs in our heads. Right. 99% of people, they just have this system that works, but they don't write it down. There's no kind of method to their madness. They just, they just know how to do it. The first yeah. thing you should do if you ever want to scale, ever want to hire out, even just hire out pieces of what you're doing, you need those SOPs, those standard operating procedures, Beautiful. because then when you hire a VA or you hire someone to help with the part of your side hustle that you don't like doing or something that you want to scale, now they know exactly how you do things and it's, it's just training them. So you're basically creating these little clones of yourself to do the thing <laughs> exactly how you want it done. So I think that is the first step in scaling any side hustle. I love that idea. And I, so the notion of like, when is it, when is it the right time and place to hire a VA to, to hire somebody to be a mini you or whatever? Like how does a side hustler know that that's time? That's a great question. So I've seen people do this the right way and the wrong way and anywhere in between. Anywhere in between. (laughs) I've seen people. So I'm also, I kind of came from the personal finance space, just a little bit of background on me. That's why I got so interested in side hustles. I wanted Mm -hmm. to create passive income, earn more money than than just my traditional day job. Um, So with that, you know, a lot of people who are in this space, I'm totally losing my train of thought here. Can you just say the question again? My question was at what point should a side, when when will a side hustler know it's time to get a VA? Okay. Yeah. The reason I was giving that background was because, okay, a lot of people that were in my position, they want the extra income. Some people jump in too quickly. So someone I met, and this is why I was given the personal, that's why I went on that tangent. I went on the tangent about the personal (laughs) finance because I met a personal finance blogger who had no experience making money in blogging and personal finance. And this, okay. they went and hired five writers. They went and hired a affiliate manager. They hired someone for SEO right off the bat. So like they're already, I don't know, it was like six or seven grand a month in operating costs Jeez. before they even understood how the business worked. So that is right. the absolute wrong way to do it. Got it. Then on the other side <laughs> of the coin, I see some people who are, you know, they're just kind of maxed out their what I see a lot of burnout and like freelance writing. That's something I know a lot of people who do that. I've done that previously. Um, that's one where, you know, once you start feeling that burnout, once maybe there's certain topics or certain clients that you just don't feel that motivated, you're not kind of amped to start that work at the end of your work day, the beginning of your work day, or whatever you get your side hustle work done. That's when you should start really considering hiring it out, finding that special person, getting those SOPs laid out so that you no longer have to do that work yourself. So I think it's, I think it's when you start hitting that burnout point. Okay. That's a really, that's a, a good benchmark, I think, because when we're burned out, we're not loving what we're doing anymore and there's something missing, but when we can alleviate that stress of the things that 
do tend to burn us out, which I think is a lot of the reason why people wind up leaving, choosing to leave, leave their day jobs in the first place is because there has been an aspect of that day job that's caused that burnout and they don't know how to escape, escape from it or, or mitigate that, that problem. And that makes us, well, I clearly can't be an employee anymore. So obviously I need to quit and find something else to do, but, but we can talk about burnout on another episode. So you had said previously you had a day job, you left the day job and then you went back. So I would love to hear a little bit more about that progression. Like what made you go back to a nine to five when you clearly had a base of where you were, you know, working for yourself and making enough income that that was doable for you. So the original day job that I quit, I was in corporate banking. I was in commercial real estate lending and it was just a drag. Like it was pretty dry in the office. (laughs) Most people were miserable. And I was just like, I need to get out. So at the time I was doing freelance writing, I was building websites. I was blogging. I was podcasting. A lot of this was happening at my day job, which I don't recommend doing. Um, Let's do an episode (laughs) on that because say, yeah, same problem here. (laughs) Before work, after work, it was just, I was working like, oh my God, you know, 15 or 16 hours every single day. Cause I just, I knew I needed to get out. So I'd end yeah. up building like an emergency fund. I started to see some traction with some of these hot hustles. I built up enough, enough of an emergency fund where I felt comfortable to leave that corporate job. And then I was just kind of trying various hot hustles here and there. And that happened for a couple of years, but then, you know, now I'm back in, it's not exactly a nine to five, but it's, it's my full-time job. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a clock in clock out, but it's a, this is what I'm working on for 75% of my day. And that's where, nice. that's what gold city ventures I mentioned at the beginning, but okay, I so guess the reason why to answer that part of your question Chris, yeah. is, is because I just, I love building things. I love building businesses like side hustling is fun, but I think there's a point when, for me anyway, someone who's super type A, I love like hitting goals and <laughs> hitting milestones. Just like doing random side hustles wasn't cutting it for me anymore. It was, right. it was a great way to get out of that first corporate job. But mm-hmm. then I was like, I need, I need more of a focus. I need to work with a team. I need to have this, like this vision, this, this one company that I'm doing most of my stuff for. Okay. So let's talk about Gold City Ventures. You guys help people create and sell digital products. We do. Okay. So what's your, I don't even know what question I want to ask. Somebody stumbles upon your website and what are they going to find? What are they, how do they know that they want to work with you? So the, our bread and butter, our most successful course where we've led the most students through is called our e-printables course. Let me just give you a a bit of background. So it's basically that course is about how to sell digital products, which is printables and digital downloads on Etsy and also on other platforms we cover as well. Okay. So I had never been on Etsy before. I never, I didn't know what a printable was. And my now business partner, Julie, we're both like super side hustlers, both from the personal finance space. She's like, Hey, I made six grand last year. And I spent like 50 hours on these things called printables. Right. I was like, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) So she explained (laughs) what they were. And she was like, yeah, they're like calendars, planners, checklists, invitations. Think of anything you can print out. That's a printable. And then they have their digital counterparts, a digital download. So any of those things I just mentioned in a digital form. So I gave it a whirl. I, you know, started creating printables. The first ones were horrendous. <laughs> I started to get <laughs> slowly better and my graphic design skills get better. I learned about keyword research and SEO and all the things that goes into running a successful Etsy shop. It was February of, I don't remember the year, but it was the February after I started on Etsy. So it was, I think I started in October. So maybe four months afterward, okay. I created a bunch of Valentine's day printables oh, nice. and my shop just blew up. Like I was getting the cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Right. You Etsy sellers will know <laughs> that sound. like, whoa. 
and it was the, it was the best feeling ever. And after that week was over, from just two or three digital products I had made, I think it was a little bit over, little bit over eight hundred dollars. And so wow. at that point, I was hooked. Now yeah. fast forward to today. Now Julie and I have a whole course, like showing exactly the systems, all the failures that we've learned and, you know, that we want people to not make the same mistakes as us. Yeah. All the trials and tribulations and just how to, so that's what you find. That's kind of our, our main thing that we advertise on. If you go into goldcityventures.com and yeah, we've this, at this point taken over 3000 students through that course. We have some people who have quit their day jobs. We have a woman traveling the country in an RV, digital nomads. It's, it's super cool. It's super rewarding. That's amazing. So the advent of Canva, how has that made this type of thing easier, not easy for um, the digital product creator people? Are you a Canva fan, Chris? I, I am a Canva fan. So I, that's why I asked. I'm kind of like, you can make anything on there, but I'm wondering like, has that seen your business go up? Has it seen your business go down? Do you coach people to learn Canva? Like what's your, what's your thought there? So I love Canva. They're okay. a fantastic company. <laughs> love Canva. They're definitely, you know, they work alongside our business. Okay. We teach the, the main two graphic design programs we teach actually are Canva and Adobe Illustrator. Okay. And I know if you're, so if you're a Canva user, they've just been adding functionality and feature after functionality. It's, it's amazing. They added like drop shadow templates and background remover and like just yeah. all the stuff to make your printables even more amazing to make your digital products look professional. So yeah. huge fan of Canva and what they're doing over there. And yeah. that's what we mainly focus on. That's my favorite design program. I would assume then you, is there an option for you to have affiliate relationship with them for your students? We do. Yep. Okay. We do. That's awesome. Good deal. Yeah. I, I feel like Canva is the second coming it's, and it's like, it's fun to play with. Too. It's, <laughs> it's just awesome. fun to go yeah. in and play around <laughs> and be, and be uh, creative and, and silly and all the things. In fact, we, we replaced our, I, I work at a community college and I run a scholarship program. Our big annual scholarship event was just this past Friday. And we moved our, our screen presentation where all the scholarship names and the student recipients are on it. We did did that on PowerPoint for years and just moved it to Canva because I thought Canva was was prettier and would be a lot more fun. It was a little bit of a nightmare for the the guy that was running the computer because he'd never used it before. But I will tell you, we got a ton of compliments. People said like the slideshow's beautiful and it looks really amazing and super professional and people liked it a lot. So I took took that as a win, even though it took David a, a little longer than he anticipated to get it running, but okay. So tell, let's talk about your podcast. What do you chat about on your show? Is it more teaching? Is it more interviews? Like how do you, how do you get your, your message out through your show? So basically the five show, the financial independence show, thank you for the intro at the beginning there. We are interviewing people at all stages of their financial independence journey. So people who are just okay. getting started, people who are at the midpoint, people who have already reached financial independence, sometimes at an insane age, like so, an age that you wouldn't think is possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not like cut and dry. Some people are doing it through a corporate job. Some people are doing it through real estate. Some people are doing it through entrepreneurship and just highlighting and sharing all those different journeys and perspectives and backgrounds. And it's a ton of fun. Like the, the my favorite part of podcasting, I'm sure you can attest to this, is yes. just meeting cool people. Yes. Like if- you know, if, if you didn't have this podcast and I, you know, I didn't have a podcast and we both didn't have an online presence, we probably wouldn't be talking right now. Exactly. And we would not have made that connection. Exactly. And it's awesome. I, I love it. I love yeah. it. So yeah, that's, that's what we talk about in the five show. <laughs> I have, I have found that I, the people that I'm meeting in my podcasting journey are turning into some of my best, my best friends and my, my closest confidants. Cause it's a, it's a different sort of like 
It's a different sort of understanding being in. Okay. So here's an example. This is a silly example, but when I left the field of college housing and residence life for my current job in advancement and development, I had all these great friends that I'd met through housing and, and some of them I am still pretty close with, but some of I'm not because we did not have that vocation in, in common anymore. And so those people kind of fell off, but with podcasting, it's like, even if my podcast is about side hustling and that person's podcast is about vegan eating, we're still podcasters. So we make that connection that way. And it it seriously has created some of the most dynamic and robust relationships that I've ever had in my life. Only because what we have in common is that we talk about what we love in a little microphone onto a Mac computer and then, and then throw it up on a hoster and share it with the world. But there's just, there's so many amazing people that are doing this, whether it's as, as a hobby or a part of their business or their business full-time. Like I know a ton of full-time podcasters who are totally monetized with sponsors and, and all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's it's amazing. It's a great way to put your, message or your thoughts out into the world and a great way to connect with like-minded people that you can learn from and, and develop really, really solid, um, relationships with. So that's that story. So Cody, if people want to work with you take your courses, how do they find you? Well, let's say the best way, honestly, just so you can kind of you know, get one foot in the water, at least instead of just like diving into a full-fledged course, we have an ebook actually fun fact created in Canva. So you can see just the power canva. It's like a 25 page ebook called the seasonal product secret. And it outlines all the different strategies that we use to drive traffic, like every single month on places like Etsy or Shopify or Amazon with digital products. So it's called the seasonal product product secret. secret. Yep. Wow. Created in Canva. So (laughs) is it, is it too late today? We're recording this show on December 7th. The one of the main winter holidays is right around the corner. Is it too late for somebody to get your ebook and make a little bit of money before New Year's Eve? No, I mean, you have to get started quickly. Like it, it is better to have a more of a runway up until like, yeah. so let's, let's say you're chasing a Christmas printable or you're chasing a New Year's printable. Usually we recommend having like four, like three to four weeks before that event or, you know, seasonal thing is happening. But yeah. We've had people list stuff this past Halloween, actually good example. Someone listed, what was it? It was a take one, like, that uh, printable sign that you'd put like on uh, on, on a little candy. bucket. It was cute yeah. and it had like little uh, nice design elements on it. And they listed it on October 30th and they had like, I think it was like seven or eight sales that next morning. Wow. And, and, I mean, it was no world, you know, world changing amount of money, but they made like 20 something dollars from yeah. uh, little design that they put up the day before Halloween. It was awesome. That's so cute. And I'm curious, what's your, what is, what is your favorite type of digital product to create? I like doing editable stuff. So, and this can be done in a variety of ways. Won't get into the nuances of the design programs and how to do this. (laughs) But like one that was really successful for me a few years back was like a, a Valentine's day card. And, you know, I had like you could put the the faces in a heart and then the customer, all they have to do is drag and drop, put their own faces in. They could put their own text. So I don't know. I like kind of giving the customer the creative liberty to make something with my yeah. printable. It is cool if you just kind of, you know, make it, make a PDF and they print it out. That's awesome. I think that's exactly what the Halloween one I was talking about to just take one, but yeah. like the editable stuff just adds a, another element of special to to the printable and the customers even happier with their purchase. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, you know, I find myself too, 
there's a few folks that create Canva templates that I think like the folk, when people started designing different templates so that you could have something else other than what Canva gives you. And of course, I mean, now it's like, there's, there's so much that that platform is so robust, but I, there's a, a, a few folks that I'm very um, loyal to. Like I, I subscribe to their memberships because they're going to do new templates every single month and I can get my paws on those. So do you think that that particular market with the same, you know, same type of people that are doing stock photography, you know, photography, is that a saturated market yet? Or is there still room for people to grow and develop and, and make money in though, in that field? That is a growing market. That's actually something we do as well. So interesting that you say that. And another cool. awesome feature of Canva is that, you know, you can, me or you, if you have a Canva pro account, you can go and create a design and then you can go and share that template with anyone, mm-hmm. even if they just have a free account and now they can go and use that design. So we do the same thing with our community where we're just giving them five, we give them five templates every month for different designs. We also like have a bunch of Canva templates in the course. So it just makes everything easier in terms of is the market saturated, the B2B market with stuff like that, where you're selling to other creators, where you're selling right. to other entrepreneurs that is on the come up big time. Like the search volume, you know, we do a lot with keyword research stuff has just been going up month over month, year over year. I don't see That's it fun. stopping anytime soon. And you know, Etsy as of right now is only like 15% digital downloads, but that number has been steadily climbing and climbing. You wow. know, it's still majority handmade, but as long as that number is still like, has that much room to grow, I think it's a, I think it's a market that people can still find a lot of success in. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, you heard it here. It is an emerging market. So side hustlers, if you're looking for something nifty and fun to get your paws on, make a little bit more money in 2022 you can go take Cody's course with gold. Got the free ebook first. Get so the you free can ebook understand. first. Yeah. <laughs> right. Get your free ebook first, and then you can take Cody's courses with Gold City, Gold City Ventures, right? Mm-hmm. That's gold correct. Gold City Ventures. And go listen to his show, The Fi Show, Financial Independence. We've been chatting today with Cody Berman, and this has been a slice of heaven. So thank you so much for coming on God's Side Hustle. Thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll come on for another episode about burnout or scaling or whatever Let's we want. Let's do it. Absolutely. Now we're friends. We're friends now, Chris. This is the power of podcasting. Hey, <laughs> I have a new friend. All right. Side Hustler listeners, we will check in with you next week. And until then, I'm out of here. <laughs>